fighting it. I just couldn't get past the fact for maybe for this time, I'm not sure, but I just couldn't keep writing and think, how can we write, how can we operate in any of these keys if we're not yet hooked up to the key ring itself? And like, I know that was a bit cringy, but, <laughs> and I referred to the Lord Jesus Christ as a key ring, but you know what I mean. We need to be hooked up to the source first. And so actually I'm starting right at the very beginning and that's actually my heart anyway and my passion. So you might be thinking, well, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you just start at the beginning? And I could have, but this way brings about a very important point. We've all seen people, haven't we, over the years come and go in church. We might see them for a month or two or a year or so and then not see them again. And same with connect groups and things. And I really believe that there's a reason for this. And some people would say to, um, you know, I, I came, I tried. I can see how it works for you, but it's just not for me. And there's a reason as to why that happens. And today, I'm not leaving any room for that. We're starting at the beginning. I'm going to paint the picture, so sorry. I do a lot of painting the picture. I, I'm even painting the picture about painting the picture. Like, <laughs> but at least we're going to walk out of here <laughs> knowing what I want to try and get across. So, yeah, so there's reasons for that. And Joyce Meyer says, and I quote this a lot, but it's true, you can go and sit in your garage for 20 years. It will not make you a car. Hey, like we can sit in church our whole lives. It will not make us a Christian. There's an inner transformation that must take place. I believe people come and go into a church building and leave the same way and fall through the cracks. And I don't want that to happen. So if nothing else, like I said, by the end of this, you're going to learn of that inner transformation and you're going to know how it can be made real for you today personally. So actually, key one today isn't baptism, it's the source, becoming a Christian. And because Christian can be so broad these days, we can also say belonging to or following Jesus, getting saved, becoming born again, saying the repentance or sinner's prayer, believing in Jesus. I try and make that clear because um, some people think a Christian is if you're not Muslim or if you're not secular or if you're not, I don't know, Jehovah's Witness, just if you're not any of that, I'm just Christian. I used to, I used to sign forms when I was younger, or when they used to have it, and they had a box. I used to tick Church of England because I just thought, well, that must be what I am. <laughs> Christian has, I don't know, some people, and also another, I met a girl once years ago and we were talking and she, I was, I don't know, we came, I was a Christian, and she goes, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm like, oh, cool. Where do you go to church? Or, you know, we're talking like that, and it's like, no, 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 I'm a Christian. Like, she wasn't, she now is, which is awesome, but she wasn't then, but she just thought she was Christian because she lived in Australia, and, you know, she wasn't something else. So, I like born again, to be honest. I like born again Christian. I think that sort of covers it all. And in John 3, 3, one of my favorite chapters, Jesus replied, Very truly, I say unto you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And I looked up about 15 different translations on my Bible app, and every single one used the word born again. So I think we can use born again. All right, so is it well with your soul? 
Now, I'm aware, I'm talking largely to the converted here, we are in a church, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is well with everybody's soul. And also, too, for those who may listen to this down the track on SoundCloud or whatever, um, yeah, again, I've just got to cover all bases. And again, it's that slipping through the cracks thing. Also, those of us here that do know Jesus, it's, it, I never tire of hearing the gospel. It, it could build you up. You know, we don't all have a gift of evangelism, but we are all called to um, always be ready to give an account, always give a reason for the hope that is in us. So all of this, I think, is good for all of us, those that don't know Jesus yet and those who do. So a rhetorical question for your thought. Are you right with God? We're just jumping straight into it. Are you right with God? If you died tomorrow, or when you die, because you're going to die at some point. Sorry, it doesn't stay negative. (laughs) If you died tomorrow, where will you spend eternity? Which I might add never ends. It's It's like really good question to ponder. Are you right with God? If you died, when you die, where will you spend eternity? We don't just die and that's it. Eternity is there. If you said heaven, why? Why would you go to heaven? Because you've been a good person. You've kept the Ten Commandments, which you haven't, neither have I. You were christened as a baby, or you just think that's where you go when you die. They're common responses when you're talking with people, and um, yeah, that's just some you know things they throw around, and none of them are correct. A couple of side notes, and it's probably fitting to put one in here. I'm probably going to come across a little, just a little bit arrogant in some areas of this. I'm not. It's just that this is the one thing that's absolute. This is the one thing I can stand here and say, fact. <laughs> I know it personally. I know millions, well, I don't know millions of people, but I know that there's millions of other believers that know it as fact. So if I come across a bit arrogant, it's not that. It's just that I'm really confident in what I'm talking about today. Okay, so why would you go to heaven? We'll keep going. That'll come out. Romans 10.9, another one of my favourite scriptures, promises that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And in John 14, 6, Jesus answers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. There's simply one way and one way only to an eternity with God in paradise. And that is first by acknowledging and repenting of our sin, believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouths that Jesus is Lord And that is why we pray for you. That is why you are prayed for. There'd be at least one person, probably many more, that pray for you to come, that's those of you who don't know Jesus yet, to come to salvation. I thank God for the people who prayed for me when I was still yet to know this truth. This heaven, this eternity that we are hearing about, doesn't just begin either 
when we die. It begins here on earth. When a person acknowledges and repents of their sin, asks for forgiveness and receives salvation, making Jesus Lord of their lives, at that very moment of conversion is when everything begins. And the third amazing part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, enters into our lives just as promised. It's that connection then and there. I wonder if you know that you were created with eternity in your heart. Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. There's some 8 billion people on the earth today and not one of them was created and born without this eternity in their heart. They may be, like I said, of another religion, of none at all, but only Jesus can fill that hole because we were created by God for God. And until we come back to putting Jesus in that rightful spot, that hole remains, that God-shaped hole as it's known by some people. And yeah, like I said, whether a person in their lifetime accepts this truth or not, that hole is there, be it filled or empty. We see people, don't we, trying to fill it with so many different things false religions, false gods, uh, alcohol abuse, sex addictions, all the different things that people are just trying to feel whole and feel good. And why wouldn't they? They just, they want to feel right. And yet the answer's right within them. They just need to be told and shown. Okay. So some people may be thinking, okay, sounding pretty good so far, or not. <laughs> but what does this mean for me, or how does this apply to me? Well, you are one of the eight billion. All of this applies to you and me. You see, it all begins with God. I used to, we used to um, teach scripture at Milton, and the kids would say, okay, well, if you're telling me God created me, then who created God? And they'd stand there all smug, you know, thinking they've got you. And we'd say to them, well, all right, we'll say someone did create God and I told you who that someone was. You're going to want to know who created that someone, aren't you? It starts somewhere. It has to start somewhere. It starts with God. And then we'll be standing there all smug. <laughs> but it's true. And they even got it. Who better for it to start with than God, who is love? I think it's a, a totally perfect person for it to start with. Hmm. All right, I'm going to paraphrase a bit in a moment, but I encourage you to go to the source, and in this case, the source is the Word of God, the Bible, to read for yourself to confirm. But I just wanted to, in a nutshell, other than the, the little YouTube clip, um, just give 6,000 years, basically, of information. <laughs> So, um, go with me on a little historical ride for a moment. A supernatural fairy tale love story of redemption that just so happens to be true. And theologians, you may want to block your ears about now. <laughs> Once upon a time, in the beginning, there was God. He wanted a world and people in it. His kids, us. So he spoke the world into existence, then got about creating Adam, then Eve. 
soon after, that went pear-shaped with an apple. And so early in, in the book of Genesis, the third chapter, verse 6, sin entered the world. Quick side note, just nine verses on, after that sin entering the world, God's already prophesying and seeded his redemption plan of us to Satan. How cool is that? Many years on, after earthly kings tried to rule and keep things in order, which could never work, God thought, start again, wiped it clean, Noah and the flood, take two. Many more years went by and lots happened in those years like Babel, Abraham, the Ten Commandments, repeat cycles of sus kings, loads of prophecies that to this day are mostly fulfilled, 400 years of total silence from God through his people and still no good. So here comes Operation Save the Planet. Now, I don't know if you know this, but God himself came to earth via the Immaculate Conception Mary as Jesus, Christmas. He lived a sinless 33 years, then went to the cross, Easter, to be God's required payment for sin, our sin, a human, sinless sorry, a sinless human sacrificed by crucifixion to buy us back for all time. Getting the keys back from hell, rising again three days later, spending another month or so teaching up 12 guys that would teach others, and so on and so forth until quite literally now, 2017, and beyond, worldwide, of what has been done and how we can and why we should respond. And it all sounds too good to be true, yet it is the most amount of truth you will ever hear. John 8, 32 says, They will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. I encourage you to read this book called The Bible, or some of it. It's quite long. All books bring information, but this book not only brings information, but it can bring total transformation to your life if you let it. Just hang around John 3.16 long enough and you'll discover that. And just in case you don't, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the people of this world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We need a saviour. Each one of us here, when we took our first breath, we took it in sin. Like it or not, we were literally born into sin, sin that separates us from a holy God, hence the rescue plan. The next two scriptures I'm going to read are probably, yes, they're favourites, but they're probably the defining scriptures of the whole word of God, in my opinion. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We need to recognise that we have a sin problem. Awareness is key. You know, it's like you can't help someone who doesn't want help or who doesn't know they need help. We have a sin problem. But praise God, we don't have to remain there for what is done. And just before I go on with the next scripture, I don't really know how to say this. Sin is sin. We can't look at someone else's sin and judge that. We shouldn't judge it at all. But sin is sin. The ultimate sin is not knowing Jesus, is not having him cover our sins. 
accepting Jesus. That's the ultimate sin. But So we shouldn't worry about people's sin. We need to love them and guide them to Jesus and let him deal with their sin. He's the only one that knows what to do about it anyway. It makes no difference. It makes no difference to someone you think is living a lifestyle that is you know, an abomination to the Lord or someone who lives in a suburbia, nice guy, works, does the right thing. If he doesn't know Jesus, it's the same deal. If Jesus isn't covering his sin, it doesn't matter. So let's not get caught up in sin. Yeah. So Romans 3.23, the sin issue, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, here's the next scripture of all time, I think. It's Matthew 3.2. It's John the Baptist saying, The appointed period of time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. For the SoundCloud, I'm emotional. (laughs) I haven't disappeared. Change. Oh, I'm starting again. The appointed period of time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Regret past sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life and believe with a deep abiding trust in the good news regarding salvation. And there's power available to help. It's not just a scripture and can I or can't I do that. Everything comes alive when you make that decision, that step of faith. That's pretty much the sinner's prayer, that scripture there. I know we have different methods these days and I was listening to a preacher the other day and I really loved him. I loved what he was saying and everything but he was caught up on the fact that, you know, how usually in church if we're going to give an altar call we bow, bow our heads and raise your hands and he was mocking that in a way saying, um, you know, John the Baptist didn't come out, preach the gospel and say now bow your heads and raise your hands if you want to receive Jesus and yeah, he probably didn't, that's it there but I do believe the method must always be changing. The message mustn't, but the method must. We're we're changing, we're different, we're we're much different to back then. But ultimately, yeah, that scripture there, it's about repentance and letting God change us from the inside out. So Christianity, in its purest form, nothing added, nothing taken away, is not a cult. It is the one true way, it's the only way. There's one God and one way to him, and that's through Jesus Christ, nothing else. I pinch myself sometimes that I'm on track. You know, I was 24 when I got saved, and, you know, I never went into any other religion or any, you know, cool sort of thing that was happening or new age or anything like that. Yeah, I wasn't a Christian, and I was sort of a bit of a lost soul, but someone told me of this, and I I just sort of, yeah, cool, all right. Like I didn't go down a track for years and years and years of searching. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful that, yeah. Um, okay, so some people say, all right, well, you know, you can say so boldly about God, one God, one way. Well, what about, 
you know, take India, for example. They've got, what, 500,000 gods or something. Like, how, they think their god's real. How do you know yours is real? So I guess, and that's a, that's a legitimate question. That's a good question, and I thought about it once, and I think for me, and you may have other examples, but to, for me, it's the Holy Spirit, I think, is the big difference. When you get saved or born again, the Holy Spirit enters your life. It's like... Um, you know, you have a lamp and a plug, but it's not plugged in. When you plug it in and turn it on, it all comes alive. And then the Holy Spirit, who is the other part of God and Jesus, empowers and lives on the inside of you and guides you. And it's just, that's proof. That's, that's proof of um, Christianity being the one way. Also, the gift of tongues, that's always, even when I was a new Christian, I used to just be amazed. Like, you think... I've been in lots of um, where they call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you go down the front and, you know, you watch people in circles and they, they pray and then instantly, just like that, no TAFE course, no uni, they're just praying this fluent heavenly language and it's like, that's proof? Who can do that? Like, yeah. So, um, but I, I guess the biggest one is a truly transformed life from the inside out and you see that oh, I can't remember who it was we were at colour one year I think it was Corn. they some heavy metal band like literally if you saw one of their film clips it's like the scene was a scene from hell and they, they, they filmed it there it was pretty scary to even watch and like they were pretty he was really messed up drug addict, alcoholic he treated his wife horrible angry and then he got saved, radically saved, and that, that transformed life. Can you imagine his family seeing this unfold? Like, how's that? That's proof that Jesus changes from the inside out. So, yeah, a changed life, fruit. Anyway. I want to encourage you two guys not to judge God by a Christian friend you may have or may have known in the past that has, may not represented God well. Um, we're all on a journey. We're all at different points when we get saved and God needs to do that work from the inside out and sometimes, you know, some of us can be a bit intense. I know I have been in the past. You know, I hate on Facebook how they get, they bring memories up and it <laughs> brings like memories from five or six years ago and you delete, how quickly delete it. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that thing about Facebook. But so... But thank goodness, you know, God, God can grace that and cover it. So be patient with your friends and um, don't judge God by them because your eternity is worth so much more than that. Don't let a sus... No, sorry. Don't let... <laughs> you're at church. Don't let um, a bad example determine where you'll spend eternity. You, you determine that. All right, um, all right, I'll just spend a couple of minutes on this one because I'm telling you there's going to be people in heaven that you'll be like, really? <laughs> Not that we'll judge in heaven, we won't because there'll be no judging in heaven, but we'll see people and go, I so did not see that coming. Because it's not about what we do, it's about what he's done and our response to it. I put this in the wrong spot. I should have put this further up, but 
hell is an opt-out scenario. Yeah, that should have been way up ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're born into sin, but we can opt out. And just going back to where I was up to, um, yeah, because I did um, a six or so weeks in Shoalhaven Correctional Centre as a chaplain. Um, I didn't do time there, said that wrong. <laughs> I did my placement for college there. And we had, um, we had chapel services for the different sectors and one of them was the child sex offenders and that was the most consistent um, numbers of people that came, which I couldn't understand. I'm like, because to me that's probably the, the worst crime. But they come, and I said to my, the chaplain that was in charge, like, what's that all about? And he said, because they can quite easily put God in this box, um, their sin in that box, and then come to chapel, because it's not a lifestyle for them, you know, it's more religion. It doesn't infiltrate. So, but I was thinking while I was in the jail, and there was murderers, and like I was literally talking to people that had committed murder, and, and I just thought... This is hard to swallow. This is a tough pill to swallow, but any one of those men, it was a men's jail, any one of those men can go back to their cell, get hold of a Gideon's Bible, and have God speak to them, and they respond genuinely, then their eternity is secure. I know, like, but then again, you know, if you've got a murderer or a pedophile, what, what better than a redeemed one or a... A, um, a healed one. Either way, they go to heaven. And that's, yeah, it's because of what he's done, not because of what we do or have done. Okay. Everything was done on that cross over 2,000 years ago. So we can simply come, warts and all, to the cross for repentance and be saved now and for all eternity. Why wait a minute longer? In 2 Corinthians 6.2, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. In light of what I was just saying, do you know that there is nothing that you have done in your life up until now that can stop you from receiving forgiveness? Nothing. Only your choice to say no. After all, God knows every single detail of your life, every sin you've ever sinned, and he wants to lift every one of them off your back and empower you to live a better way. Will you let him? So how can we respond? I'll share how I responded because a personal testimony is real and it's undisputed. So I was 24. I, was, I had Jack at the time who was about two and pregnant with Eb. I went to play group at Milton Ulladulla Baptist Church where Jenny Webb honed in on me, does what I do now. <laughs> I didn't know what she was doing. So, well, she befriended me, you know, she was nice and she was praying for me, I guess, and she shared with me this pending decision that I was yet to know anything about. I also remember her coming to my house and doing Christianity Explained with me. So I guess I learned of this decision. And along with that, God drawing me and my willingness, I, on my bed, at six sapphire close, Ulladulla came to that point and I was on my own. 
I wasn't in a prayer line. I wasn't at a Billy Graham crusade or even in church. I was on my own. All God needs is an open heart. And I simply said literally these words, Dear God, I don't want to do this life on my own anymore. I believe in you. I believe that you died for my sin and I'm asking you to come into my heart. I don't want to sit on the fence anymore. I'm, I'm done. I'm yours. I'm in. And that's pretty much it. And in that moment, I was pretty textbook, in that very moment, my life went from an eternity destined for hell to an eternity destined for heaven with the power of the Holy Spirit living within me, because it happened just like that, and a fruitful, you know, it's been a walk, it's been a journey and a change, like I was talking about before, but in that moment, it changed from, from one destination to another. And that God-shaped hole, that eternity, hole, <laughs> with a W in front, filled, complete, total contentment, because that is what I was created for. I just had to come to that point. And people praying for me, telling me, praying that my heart would come to a point where I would receive it and, ex and understand it, that's what led me to that place. And God, of course, God leads. And that can be your experience too. Just like it is for millions of other believers in the earth. Okay, a little demo, another scripture demo. That's the door. And for the tape, I don't even know how to explain this, but I've got my hand up like a door. It's weird. <laughs> and God is here and we are here. There's no door handle on God's side. There's only a handle on our side. And God is all sovereign, all powerful. He created this whole gig, but he cannot and will not open that door to your heart because it's free will and true love does not force itself. He's there. He's, come on, he's, he's answering people's prayers. He's softening your heart. He's changing your mindset, things that you've been brought up with that may not be right. You may not have grown up in a Christian home that taught this. Neither might of your parents. We've come a long way from the truth over the years. But the fact remains that God is there. You need to turn that door handle, open the door, and that's when God comes in and changes everything. Hmm. Why do you think missionaries? Sometimes I think... You know, you, you hear about missionaries going to the ends of the earth in situations where they're literally being killed or they're persecuted or they're, they're, their life is at, um, what's the word? You know, they, they could get killed at any moment and yet they do it because they know of eternity. They know that this life is but a vapour in light of eternity and people's souls need to get healed, need to get saved. Our prayer is that one day, if you haven't already, that you'll come to that crossroad and choose faith, choose to make that step of faith. And like I said, there's people praying for you to come to that point. We will all die. Jesus will return. Will you be ready? I didn't really know where to fit this in either, so I'll just say it here. Whether you believe me today, whether you believe the gospel, nothing changes. 
Jesus has already been. He's not coming back to do another stint on the cross so that we might believe. He's done it. Everything's been done. The only thing left to do is for us to respond. I'm going to finish in a minute with that prayer that if you're serious and ready to repent has the power to transform your life like you could never imagine and lead you in the way everlasting. If you want to make it your own today, great. Make it your own, but make sure you come and tell someone about it so we can talk to you, pray for you, give you a few tips, whatever. So do talk to someone if you, if you make that decision because it is a, it's the, the most important decision you'll ever make. If you're still in the valley of decision or sitting on the fence like I was, that's fine. May it resonate with you today anyway and may it bring you ever closer to the point of making that decision. Remember, like I said, I was on my own. I just came to that point. But just before I pray, let me read one more final scripture. Romans 10, 13 to 15. As the scripture says, everyone who calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. But how can they call to him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe if they have not heard the message? And how can they hear if the message is not proclaimed? And how can the message be proclaimed if the messengers are not sent out? As the scripture says, how wonderful is the coming of messengers who bring the good news. And I heard this the other day, just this little quote. The only equal calamity to not practicing what we preach is to not preach what we practice. Let's pray. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my saviour and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.